out of the sky My dreams went crashing When you said goodbye Who'd think that after all I've been to you That you and I would be through Hello and welcome back to the HP Lovecraft Book Club. So in this episode, I will be taking a look at Winged Death um, by HP Lovecraft and Hazel Heald. Uh, this was a revision. Well, this is actually a ghost-written story, essentially. So um, as, as are all the Hazel Heald stories, as I understand them. So um, this was one of three stories that Lovecraft wrote for simil some similarities uh, with The Man in Stone. Um, it's also, I think, got some similarities in maybe tone and geography, things like that, with the next tale we're going to look at, which is The Horror in the Museum. That's by far the best of this this kind of trio of stories. She, she wrote five for Hazel Heald, but these three sort of kind of go together, all written around the same time period. So this was not published uh, until a couple years later in 1934 in Weird Tales. Um, and it's, it's a story I didn't know about till I read it the first time. I guess it would have been late June, and I, and I just reread it now before doing this recording. Um, and, you know, I, I'm kind of sorry I missed this one, because it's, it's not like a classic Lovecraft tale. You know, among the revisions, there's a handful that really stand out as, as, as works that are essential to kind of the Lovecraft canon, like Under the Pyramids, The Mound, the Curse of Yeg, Horror in the Museum, and others like it. Um, and then there's a lot of, I guess, more forgettable uh, collaborations that he worked on. This one, I guess, falls in the middle. It's not forgettable. It certainly is, is a memorable story. It's got a lot of interesting things going on in it. Um, but it's a little bit over the top. You know, I, when I read this the second time, I kept thinking of like those, those EC comic type of stories or the Tales from the Crypt plots where you have a, a villain doing something bad ends up getting kind of supernatural payback for that right like you, you kill your wife's lover he comes back and get you're one of my favorite which actually i do think may have been inspired by a lovecraft story is uh this undertaker who takes in a orphan from the family um but ends up killing him but or he ends up dying i think he ends up killing him but he won't fit in the coffin to save money. He cuts off his feet, and then the feet come back to get revenge on him. You know, that's the kind of thing you saw a lot in those EC comics and later in Tales from the Crypt and, and those kinds of very pulpy sort of horror stories. Winged Death definitely fits into that. Uh, in Man in Stone, the Man of Stone, sorry, the Man of Stone, the revenge component of it is, is much more human. It's the wife who he's trying to kill that, inflicts her revenge upon the villain here it's 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 like a supernatural payback so other things that are really notable about the story i think that's the geography of it it's really a worldly it's a global story in a lot of ways it's connected to british empire uh, in a very direct way uh the kind of the dominance of britain and africa and you have some interesting racial components here uh where um you know it's not a major theme of the story, I guess, but it is set in Africa. And you have uh, kind of the vernacular traditions playing a major role, like black legends and folklore coming, being revealed to be true. 
you also have uh, um, you have science. That's the other part of this. You have modern science playing a role in the tale in very interesting ways. So the story, it's, it's kind of like how in The Man in Stone you have a preliminary story where you have some explorers and then they find a diary, right, and they read it. This is very similar except the framing structure is, is very minimal. It's just like a page that Lovecraft uses to set up what's going on. Essentially, some detectives and investigators find this dead body and they find a journal and they start reading the journal and the rest of the story until the last again the last page is essentially the whole the journal um and so our main character is is um thomas salum white uh, a medical doctor working in south africa he's of american origin um, but he's working in south africa so he's an expert in things like african flies and african diseases and things like that so he's He's an academic physician, essentially. And he's got a rival named um, Henry Moore, who basically kind of defamed him about some of his earlier research. So our narrator, the narrator of the journal anyways, I guess the strict narrator is a third person, omniscient narrator who just tells the beginning and end. Really, our, our true narrator for the story, for all intents and purposes, is this villain. And that's how I'll, I'll kind of talk about the story. But um, Moore... Uh, Who's, who's, I think, a, also an American, I guess. But he, uh, he basically prevented our journal writer, our narrator, from getting his night ship uh, and kind of trying to work his way up into the British academia through his research. And he says, well, this is good research. He, like, wrote a review or something of his research saying, this is good research, but it's not that original. Um, and this prevented our narrator from getting his knighthood and getting kind of the promotion that he wanted. So he decides going to kill more it's a it's kind of a i guess a superficial device to get us to a, re, a, a, a this revenge story and, and that's why it's also like the man of stone there it was personal like an affair right a love affair love triangle that leads our villain to use supernatural means to get revenge here we have a medical doctor who's got a professional rivalry with this man henry moore and he's going to end up using science the other revenge when Moore finally gets his revenge on the guy who murders him that's going to be the supernatural element to the degree it is but this story actually in the first half plays out as basically kind of a crazy doctor trying to use African diseases to assassinate a, a rival in, in kind of an interesting way it may not really be that believable but it's fun and I, I really enjoyed reading this so anyways uh what to say about it um well the plan essentially is this he 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 comes across this when he he's treating uh some africans who fall who get infected by by the bite of the tetsi fly and they get african sleeping sickness and he actually sees how this disease unfolds and you know you get bitten by a fly and then like weeks later sometimes months later you finally die of the disease now he is treatable but if you don't know what you have you're just going to think you're you know under the weather until it's too late to treat so this disease is uh what is it trypsosomiasis uh sleeping sickness i'll just say that because um but it's infected by this fly now where folklore fits into this story in interesting ways is 
Uh, of course, disease in pre-scientific cultures is going to be understood in supernatural ways, often like through witchcraft. Maybe we've been punished by something we did. Some rival has, has done something bad to us. You know, it's that's a common trope in, in anthropology literature, and it's something you see when you study some of these cultures. You see, uh, you know, there's ways of, of finding social uh, answers to problems in social relations, right? And this is true even in Europe with the witchcraft phenomenon, right? Like, the harvest is bad, well, we'll blame the witch. And the witch, probably an innocent woman, uh, but gets gets punished for it anyways. So it kind of feeds into some of the witchcraft stuff that Lovecraft is so interested in. And I, I do think actually witches are mentioned a few times in this story as well. Now, the other aspect of folklore, which it might be Lovecraft's invention here, I, I don't know if it's based on any truth, but uh, that is when, when you get infected by this and you're killed by this, the fly that bit you takes your soul and essentially your soul carries on in the fly. And that becomes a supernatural device that Lovecraft is able to use to, to create the admittedly over-the-top uh, ultimate revenge story in the, in the second half of the tale. So anyways, our, our journal split up into basically two parts. The first is his documentation of the plan. And I think Lovecraft's pretty clever about this. Why would a guy confess to his crime? Well, it's basically a situation where don't, you know, he tells people, don't open this journal until my death. And because of this, uh, you know, he can confess everything, but he wants people to know that he killed his rival. That's how much he hates this Dr. Moore. Uh, he, he might be a big bit uh he might be pushing in how realistic this revenge motive is but i don't know some professors maybe uh, have it in them to to uh, to kill someone because of career uh, you know career offenses but he he wants people to know but he doesn't want to go to jail for it he doesn't want to be punished for it so he basically says i'm gonna write this journal and i'm going to have it revealed upon my death so anyways his plan is to breed some flies Basically, take the tsetse fly that carries the sleeping sickness, morph it with some other African flies, create some hybrid flies, um, which I'm not sure how possible that is. They seem to be different species, but maybe if they're close enough, you can kind of create some hybrid things. I mean, they're not... Uh, yeah, I don't know how much of the science of this plays off, but it works. But he, that's his plan anyways, is to create a hybrid fly that will be able to carry the sleeping sickness, but it won't be identifiable as this type of disease, right? So if he gets bit by it, he's not going to know he's coming down with this disease. And then he can make sure that these flies are infected with the contagion. And then when his rival opens the box containing these flies, begins to study them, he'll be he'll be bit eventually. And, and at some point in the later future, he'll die from this. So that's the plan. So a lot of the early part of the story involves him first kind of coming up with this plan and then enacting it through this uh, this uh, kind of creating these hybrid flies. Now there's a pretty horrific aspect as he's doing the research on this where he experiments on a couple of his black servants, uh, a man named Bata and another called Gamba. And he infects both of them with this. One he treats with the antitoxin trypsamide which cures him and he gives him the dose of that. The other one, he doesn't because he wants to know how long the, it takes. So first he wants to see that these new flies can carry the disease and he also wants to see how long it takes to kill them. So he basically experiments on them. And this reminds me of something I was actually just uh, um, 
thinking about when I've been doing my series on James, uh, not James, uh, William Wells Brown, uh, who talks about the use of medical experiments on black slaves uh, in the antebellum period, something I didn't know about. I mean, we, we know about the experiments on, like the syphilis experiments and things that were done on black Americans in the, in the years of Jim Crow. But here's an example of just straight up medical experimentation on, on these servants who really can't resist. They're, you know, they're just being exploited. He actually at one point says he kind of wished he killed both of them so he could see how the disease would fulfill itself in, in different cases. But the one has to die partially for the plot because Bata, Bata's the one of the two that dies. And he also brings up this tradition of his personality being carried on in the fly. And there's a little bit of a hint that that's what actually happened. So we get the supernatural element at a very little to a small degree in this early part of the story. And so this kind of the idea of the tradition is true. So this is planting a seed that Lovecraft will, will um, develop later on. So basically the first part of the journal then ends with his, he, he sends this package of flies. He actually tints them artificially, their wings blue. So they don't look like any fly that's around their hybrids and they have different color schemes. He packages them, he puts a fake name and a fake address on it, sends it to Henry Moore and says, hey, I found these bugs. I want you to help me identify them, do your experiments on them and let me know. So that's basically the trick. And Moore opens them and then through his contacts near Moore, he's able to get news about Moore's situation, how he, get, he gets bit on the back of the neck, how he um, starts to eventually fall ill and then eventually die. It takes about a year for him to finally be killed by this bite. But during that period of time, Moore began to suspect that this package was sent by a villain uh, and he suspects it might be our narrator at one point. But he is not quite sure, and he just he starts to suspect. So this leads our the guy writing the journal, our villain, to begin to try to cover his tracks a little bit more than he already has, and go into hiding. He has a different identity stashed away. He's got money stashed away. So he's got a plan to basically hide out with a different identity. So that's the first half of the journal. Um, now the second part of the journal picks up a few months later, when he's and basically what happens is he starts to be haunted by. These, this blue hybrid flies that he created, or at least one. And he's like, well, how could this come back? Because he sent it thousands of miles away. And he figures maybe it has a, maybe one of these flies has some kind of homing instinct to come back. Um, and he tries to come at it scientifically and understand it scientifically, but he eventually gives up on this and starts to believe that he's being haunted by the soul of Moore, who somehow exists in this fly. Um, and one reason he starts to think this is the fly begins to show signs of intelligence. For instance, at one point, he, it, it I should say, the, the fly enters into his inkwell and then writes on the, on the ceiling like five or maybe a two, maybe a question mark. It's, you know, it's a little bit ambiguous because it's a fly writing it, but it's a five. And when sometimes he would bang against the, the window five times, right? And then a day later he does it, but this time it's he's banging on it four times. And he starts to see this as a sign of intelligence. And he also starts to see it as a countdown, a countdown to his demise. So during these days, he becomes more and more unhinged, more and more be believing that he's 
under attack by this fly that's trying to kill him. He tries to kill the fly, but is not able to. He tries different ways. He tries to seal the room, but the fly always gets in. And eventually the day comes that the countdown would suggest this is the day the revenge is going to be enacted. And that's what happens. He does have one last ditch effort to try to stop the fly, and that is releasing some kind of chlorine gas into the room. It fails, and, and the fly stings him bites him and he dies he dies immediately it seems he doesn't suffer for for weeks and weeks and weeks like like henry moore did uh but it's um but anyways the the revenge is is enacted um the story ends like this so we got a actually a nice little moment here where he's writing the journal as these final moments come kind of like dagon actually kind of like a the man in stone the man of stone too where we get uh, a journal basically coming to the very moment of a character's death quote the fly has paused in the clock dial near the 45 minute mark it is now 11:30. i'm saturating the handkerchief over my face with ammonia and keeping the bottle handy for further applications this will be the final entry before i mix the acid and manganese and liberate the chlorine i ought not to be losing time but it steadies me to get things down on paper but for the record, I have lost all my reason long ago. The fly seems to be getting restless, and the minute hand is approaching. Now for the chlorine. And that's the end of the journal. Um, now, that's basically the story. Then we get a little coda where the investigators, you know, kind of try to, you know, put down the journal and, and try to figure things out. And there's a few hints in this final section of the story that, uh, that, his consciousness is also then surviving in some form in, in some of these instinct in, in insects. But um, he sees that through these ink tracks on the ceiling and things like that. Oh yeah, no, there's a, actually a message uh, written, quote, see my journal, it got me, I died. Then I saw I was in it. The blacks are right, strange powers in nature. Now I will drown what is left. And he, as a fly, kills himself. So anyways, that's the story, essentially, and it's it's, it's quite nice. I, I think it's uh, worth checking out. I, it's, it wouldn't be top of my list of revisions to read of Lovecraft's, but I really like it, in part because it plays with science in interesting ways, and you have uh, some folklore playing a role. That's always great when you see that, when Lovecraft really exploring different folklores and, and all that. He doesn't really pull that too much into a broader mythos, the way the Man of Stone did where there was mentioning of of that those other gods but there is one moment where there's a suggestion that um, the same gods that we've seen in this kind of uh, Lovecraftian mythos are alive and well in Africa but in a different form we this is the same device he used in like the mound where like Cthulhu was worshipped by by the by the creatures by the the alien entities that live live underground um, let's see if i can find it yeah this is when he first was uh in uganda and he first found basically figured out the the power of this fly to spread this disease and how it could be used as a revenge uh, he says this jungle is a pestilential place steaming with miasmal vapors all the lakes look stagnant in one spot we came upon a trace of cyclopean ruins which even which made even the galas run past in a wide circle. They say these megaliths are older than man and that they used to be a haunt or outpost of the fisher from outside, whatever that means, and of the evil gods Tasvoga and 
Cthulhu. Cthulhu. To this day, they are said to have a malign influence and to be connected somehow with the devil flies. So there's a, a hint that it, that these gods are connected to the devil flies, right? And this magic that allows these flies to carry on the consciousness of the of their victims. But it's just like a it's just like a little Easter egg that Lovecraft's throwing in here. And a little suggestion that it's connecting to a broader mythology, which is great because some of his earliest stories tried to do this. Uh, I think one of my favorite is the the transition of Juan Romero is, is where that's the story where we see a connection between like Hindu traditions and maybe Native Americans uh, in some kind of primordial past that they're all sort of worshiping the same gods in different ways. And he uses different spelling here to basically have how other cultures interpret these things right but it's it's nice i think that's a nice little addition here to the story but otherwise it does sort of more or less stand on its own as a, a slightly over the top revenge revenge story it does again have that feeling to me of like the ec comics where some bad guy does something bad and gets his comeuppance for it um like, we don't see that much in Lovecraft's straight-up stories, but we've already seen it twice in his Hazel-Heeled um, ghost, ghostwriting um, endeavors. And you see it a bit in the horror of the museum, too. It, it's kind of there in a very different way. But I guess that's all I'm going to say. I thought I might have a little bit more to say about this story, but I think I got the main point. So vernacular traditions, local beliefs, uh, empire plays a role here, science, uh, and then and then we see the connection between science and and the folklore uh, fulfilled at the end. And we have someone going mad, I guess, too. That's, I guess, another Lovecraftian trope. Um, so, yeah. So what's next is uh, The Horror in the Museum, which was written around the very, very same time, but it's a much more epic story in a lot of ways. And it feels more like a Lovecraft story. If you're, you know, wing death, you might except for a few of those Easter eggs, might not know you're reading a Lovecraft story, but that's not the case with Horror in the Museum. You know right away you're in a Lovecraft tale. Uh, it's, it's written very much in the Lovecraftian mode. It's kind of like the mound in that way, where you're like, oh, this is definitely 100% Lovecraft's um, ideas and wordings. And it's a, it's a classic story. I think it's, it's a, it very much is one of his greats, I think, even though it's a little bit over the top at times, like the other healed stories that all the healed stories have a bit of a comical a little bit of a jokiness to them that does make me think a lot of like tales from the crypt episodes in fact i think all three of these and it might be true of all five of these could have been adapted as tales from the crypt episodes and fit right into the tone of that that show so it has that but this stands out as a much more uh, lovecraftian story with with ancient deities and sacrifices and cultists and and ancient gods brought back to life all those kinds of things in fact we have a named um, like outer god in this story um so yeah the horror in the museum is next it's a good story and i'm looking forward to talking about that with you it's just a slight it's a, just a little bit longer than winged death um but i think it's the longest of the healed um, revisions so i guess that's it um so let me know what you thought of wing death uh if you have anything to add about the tale um you know i encourage you to read it and and let me know what you think send me an email at 100pagescast at gmail.com thanks for listening i'll see you next time now we're strangers gee it breaks my heart to see you
All your kisses 